Good morning. It's another glorious sicha that we have this host to learn this morning. Uh, we're doing Vayechi Beis in um, in in Lukotesicha's Tesbov. And uh, before we begin, um, the, the email was the wrong link, so I posted the wrong link. I'll um I'll update that now, unless I got the wrong email. Vayechi Beis, you said. Vayechi Beis. Which sicha was it linked to? I just posted by Yigash. I should have realized that. I'll, I'll post it right now. Just. Oh, was that in the link of the email? Unless I opened up last week's email, it might be my mistake. But okay, no, I'll take a look later. I have I have Vayechi base. That's what they posted. Okay. Do you mind posting the link? Then that'll be quicker if you have it open. Me? I don't have it open. Talking to the wrong. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll wait a minute. Don't uh, don't feel pressured. Um, Sipa. What we can do in the meantime is, I'll give everybody a moment or two if you want to grab a chumish, um, just so that we look at the progression of the psukim uh, of the story that the Rebbe is uh, teaching us this morning. Okay, um, so it's Parshas Vayechi, and uh, we're going to begin with looking at Perak Mem Ches 48, verse 13, Yud Gimel. And uh, this is uh, very close to, to when uh, Yaakov is going to leave this world. And um, the Torah tells us that Yosef brought his, his um, children to Yaakov. Now, before we're going to look at, at the actual story that we're looking at now, please look back to Memchaz He 48.5. Uh, because the Rebbe is going to reference uh, this pasuk as well. So Yosef came to Yaakov uh, on his deathbed, and um, Yaakov gave him a bracha. And then in pasuk, hey, Yaakov says, now your two sons, who were born to you in the land of Egypt. Before I came to you to Egypt, they are mine. Your Ephraim and Menashe will be to me like Reuben and Shimon. It's going to be like my sons. And Yaakov continues, but your progeny that will be born after them, they shall be yours. Okay. Now, that's that's something we should keep in mind. And now let's go to Pasuk Gimel. And, and this is where Yaakov uh, benches Ephraim and Menashe. Sipa, thank you so much for putting up that link. So when you'd gimel, the Torah tells us, "Vayikach Yosef b'shneim as Ephraim b'mino b'smail Yisrael as Menashe b'smail b'mino Yisrael." Vayagesh Ela Yosef positioned his two sons, Ephraim, in his right hand, which was towards Yisrael's left, and Menashe on his lap, which was towards Yisrael's right, and he brought them near to him. Vayishlach Yisrael as b'mino vayashes alresh Ephraim v'hu hatzayir. Yisrael stretched out his right hand and placed it on the head of Ephraim, 
although he was the younger son, and his left hand, he put on the head of Menashe, he deliberately placed his hand so, even though Menashe was the firstborn. Now, if you took him later, Pasuk Yudzayin, Vayar Yosef Kiyoshes Abiv Yad Yamin Al Rosh Ephraim. Yosef saw that his father placed his right hand on Ephraim's head. Vayera Be'enav, and it was bad in his eyes. He didn't understand. Vayismach Yad Aviv, so he held up his father's hand. Lahasir Oisam Me'al Rosh Ephraim Al Rosh Menashe, to remove it from Ephraim's head and to place it on Menashe's head. And Yosef said to his father, Not so, my father. For this one, meaning Menashe, is the Bechor, is the firstborn. Place your right hand on his head. His father refused. And he said, I know, my son. I know. I know. I'm aware of what you're telling me. Menashe, he too will become a people, and he too will become great. However, his younger brother will be greater than he. And the fame of his descendants will fill the nations. Yaakov blessed them on that day, saying, It will be through you, that the people of Israel will bless their children, Lamar, Yesimcha, Lakim, Kephraim, Uchemenasha. May Hashem make you as Ephraim, Umenasha. Ayasim as Ephraim, Lufne, Menasha. He placed Ephraim ahead of Menasha. So this is the, um, the scene, this is the, the story that the Rebbe is going to elucidate for us on a completely different level. Aleph, the parsha seinu in our parsha, as we just read, mesupar shekashahemid Yosef v'shnei bana b'Ephraim u'menash l'fnei Yaakov k'deisha yivarchem. It's told that when Yosef placed his children, his two sons, Ephraim u'menash before Yaakov, in order that Yaakov bless them, some Yaakov is yada hayimanis al resh Ephraim, as yada hasmalis al resh menasha. Yaakov very deliberately placed his right hand on Ephraim's head and his left hand on Menashe's hand. And and when Yosef saw this, this was bad in his eyes. In other words, he did not understand what his father was doing. So Yosef tried to um, correct his father. He said, it's not like that, father. Put your right hand on Menashe's head. Yaakov said, I know, I know my son, I know. Agamhu, and, 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 you know, Ephraim will all, Ephnasha will also be great. However, his younger brother will eclipse his fame and his greatness. And as we read, Yaakov placed Ephraim before Menashe. So Rebbe says, we have to understand. The, the basis and the reason for why the Bechor 
according to the Torah, gets greater blessing and, and, and greater inheritance or whatever it is, has certain privileges above the others is because there is something inherently greater and more important than the Bechor as opposed to the others. The Imkain, and if so, so if so, since Ephraim is clearly greater than Menashe, as, as Yaakov says, his younger brother Ephraim will be greater than he, Menashe. So then the question is, so why indeed was it set above that Menashe should come into this world before Ephraim? If Ephraim is clearly greater than him, why would they not enter this world in the order that reflects this fact? So from this very fact that Menashe came first, that even though Yaakov said to Yosef that his younger brother is going to be greater than him, there is a superior aspect of Menashe over Ephraim, and because of this superlative quality, in fact, he is the Bechor of Yosef and not Ephraim. But when it comes to the Bracha of Yaakov to these two, there is a particular importance to this blessing that Yaakov is giving them. And vis-a-vis this blessing, relevant to this blessing, Ephraim has a superlative quality over Menashe. And therefore, Yaakov put Ephraim before Menashe. Okay. So the Rebbe is saying that Mitzad Bechayra, Mitzad, the fact that whoever comes into this world first, this is a simon, that there's something inherently greater about them, so that quality, yes, that quality belongs to Menashe. But when it comes to the bracha of Yaakov, there is something superior about Ephraim vis-a-vis this particular <clears throat> blessing and this particular um, hashpa, this conferral of Yaakov on the two brothers. Beis. Oid in And another thing we have to understand. Kefishan is bar pamim rabbis, as has been explained many times. Eitel tzaddikim, ubefrat eitel ha'avois, v'hashvatim, ein makom l'ta'oz chas v'shalom. When it comes to tzaddikim, and especially when it comes to the avois and the shvatim, there is no place to conjure that they made a mistake. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just say that, that this tekifos, the, the, the way the Rebbe underscores this so strongly, is something unique to the, to the Hasidic lens. Because when you learn uh, through other lenses, uh, yeah, the Avais made mistakes, the Mais made mistakes, the Shvata made mistakes, everybody made mistakes, Maisha made mistakes, Ara made mistakes. And, and the Rebbe elevates the whole discourse and the whole perception and explains to us that <laughs> we shouldn't, you know, Khalila superimpose our own faults and foibles on, 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 on the characters in the Torah. That's not to say that sometimes something they did was seen by Hashem as being less than perfect in a certain way. But we have to understand what it is. 
uh, I don't know who once, uh, once said this, uh, whoever it was, it was very brilliant. They said that uh, God created man in his image. And ever since, man has been trying to return the favor. Um, and uh, this is 100% true. And it's especially true uh, when it comes to, you know, the, the biblical characters, as it were. Everybody's always trying to analyze them and superimpose, you know, what their therapist said on, on them. But the Rebbe says there is no place for Taos. And therefore, there's tremendous significance to, to, to what Jacob did here. And especially those things that the Abbas did and said, that's recorded in the Torah, the Torah is Torah's emes, the Torah of truth. And for sure, these things are true and eternal. Now, the Rebbe is not saying it's true that it happened. Rather that the way it happened is true. It's the way it had to happen. And because the Torah is etymologically rooted in the word to teach. And therefore, this is an eternal lesson to all of us in every generation. And from this is understood, that when Yosef pushed back at his father and he said, Father, this is the Bechar, put your right hand on this head, Menashe's, it wasn't that he mistakenly did not know that Ephraim was going to be greater than Menashah. But rather, Yosef felt that the superlative quality of Menashah was greater even than the qualities of Ephraim. So we understand that both of these truths, both what Yosef thought that Menashe's qualities are greater. And also the thought process and the opinion of Yaakov that Ephraim was greater they're both true. It's a binary. When you're looking from the perspective of Yosef, then Menashe is greater. But when you're looking through the lens of Yaakov, from the perception of Yaakov, through the prism of his avoida, Ephraim is greater. And therefore we see when it comes to the idea that Yosef had two sons from, from the perspective or within that rubric, Menashe is greater. And as we've learned many times that the, 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 the energy and the power and the prowess of the father is found in greater concentration by the Bechar um, rather than the other children. But a contradistinction. But when you look at these two men, you look at these two forces through the perspective of Yaakov, when Yaakov says, says when he asserts that Yosef's two sons are his, 
and he lists them first Ephraim and then Menashe, Yiuli, that they're going to be to me, Mamish like children, Ephraim Lufne Menashe, Ephraim before Menashe, Barehu and Ephraim will be like the Bechor Ruben. So it's not a mistake. And they're both true. And we have to understand how and why. Gimel. In Vayechi Beis Krach Tezvav. Hachilub be Menashe Lefrayim. Vahabir Bazesh Ha'ilush al Menashe Shayach Le Yosef Shal Ephraim Le Birchas Yaakov. Yuvan Menachilub Bishmeisehim. The difference between Menashe and Ephraim. And the explanation for why the superlative quality of Menashe is relevant to Yosef. And the superlative quality of Ephraim is relevant to Yaakov, and specifically to the bracha that Yaakov gave him. This can be understood through understanding the difference in their names. Shnei Hashemos, both names, Menashe al-Shem ki nashani elekim es kol amoli ves kol beis avi, that I have been made to forget all of my travail and my father's house. The Ephraim, and Ephraim is named so al shem ki frani alakim be'eretz ani, because Hashem has made me proliferate in the land of my struggle and oppression. Both of these names, mevatim es rikshe halev sha'erira hayerida b'mitzrayim el Yosef. They express and they give voice to the feelings of Yosef's heart when he was uh, compelled to go down to Mitzrayim. But they express two diametrically opposing feelings. Hashem Menashe, the name Menashe, Maskele Yosef ki nashani beis avi, hainu shu nimtza b'makim shemachik, mashkiach mi beis avi. Menashe evokes Yosef's feelings that he is found in a place that is far, not just geographically, but conceptually is at a great distance from his father's house. It is a place that can easily lend itself to his estrangement and forgetfulness of his roots. And therefore, umivate, it expresses as chukaisai, his great desire, his yen, his deep yearning, that he should not forget his father's house, but rather that he should remain connected to his father's house. So that's the energy of Menashe. In contradistinction, the name Ephraim expresses that Hashem has allowed me to be fruitful and to prosper in the land of my oppression. This is an expression of thankfulness and praise, praise and thankfulness for the great advantage and the elevation that uh, Yosef accrued in Mitzrayim. So the two names speak of two modalities, two energies. And these two names and the two concepts 
uh, that they give voice to are connected to the two modalities of, of, of spiritual service, our, our Aveda, the Eretz Ani, in our goals. One modality is Ha'adam Amal Omisyageya Shaloi Liyais Mushba Misvivasai. A person works, he toils, that he should not be impacted and affected by his surroundings. And he does this by, like we say, holding on to the klamka, to the, Rebbe's, to, 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 to the, to the, uh, to the doorknob of the Rebbe's room, as it were. In other words, remembering base of by remembering what life was like spiritually before going down into goats. He reminds himself constantly that he is found in a place that is precarious and that he might indeed become estranged and forget. He might forget his father's house. And this affects him in a way that he's unable to forget because he's constantly standing on guard against forgetting. That's one modality. Another way, So while the Menashe um, style of Avaida tries to hold the world at bay. Ephraim is dafka by being found within Eretz Ani, being found within the place of oppression and difficulty, in the darkness of the Golos. And even in a way in which the remembrance, the memory of his father's house is not found in paramount and and strongest fashion, but he's in the darkness, he's in the Eretz Ani Visham, and within that place, he toils to illuminate the darkness of the Golos with the light of holiness. And when he works and toils in this fashion, there is greatness that comes to him. In other words, and this we know, I mean, everybody knows this, that when we are ostensibly doing for others, that's when... That's when there's a Yisrael, there's, there's an additional advantage that, that, that we gain. Until he talks about prospering and proliferating and blooming in this country of oppression. So it's not just that he's treading water, that he's holding his own, that he's not becoming affected, but rather he is blossoming and growing by leaps and bounds, dafka in the Eretz Ani. So these are the two modalities that these names uh, <clears throat> typify. Dalit. Zewa tam she'afrayim yigdal mimenu And now that we understand 
what their names mean, and more importantly, how they um, reflect two different uh, avenues in their Aveda, we can understand why Ephraim's greatness will eclipse Menashe's. Because the bottom line purpose for going down to Mitzrayim, for Golos, it's only for the purpose of the Aliyah. It's a descent for the purpose of ascent. Not just to, you know, remain in, in your current state. But to go higher, to reach a place that is higher than where you stood before you went down. It's not enough that there is a lack of forgetfulness about your father's house. In other words, that you don't incrementally, you don't allow your, 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 your state to be eroded. But the whole purpose is that there should be an additional advantage, additional greatness that is effected through the descent, that you should come to a place of hifrani ani, that Hashem made me prosper and, and, and be fruitful and proliferate and bloom. On the other hand, as much as this is true, menashe hu habachar. Menashe, in the final analysis, is the Bechor. Lefisha Beleda, galos, because when it comes to how they were born, which is the revealed level of their persona, when we talk about these two Avoidas and we talk about them in the way that they are revealed in practical manner, Menashe Kodim Lefrayim. Menashe always has to come before Ephraim, meaning that before a person can actually affect the golos, the, the, the land of their oppression. In other words, to come to a place of Ephraim, Elohim, Hashem has made me proliferate. Before you come to the the positive aspect of this, First, in the Seder of the Avaida, there has to be the Sormeira. You have to keep the world at bay. You have to be very, very careful that the Golos should not affect you. How? Through the unremitting, constant remembrance and the connection to the Father's house. So in other words, while it's true that Ephraim represents the zenith, the highest level of Aveda, it's also true that Menashe is the Bechor. That Menashe, the Aveda of Menashe must preface the Aveda of Ephraim. But after all is said and done, the Kavana, the intention of Golos, the intention of going down Mitzrayim, was, was to reach an ascendancy, was to reach a higher level, was the modality of Ephraim. Al-Kain bevir chas Yaakov, therefore when it comes to the bracha of Yaakov, ha-bracha unasinas ha-koyach mil-mayla, avor avodis ha-golos, 
this bracha is not just a blessing, but also the conduit for the strength from above to deal with Golos, Ephraim Chashuv Yaser. In this regard, Ephraim takes precedence, and therefore, Vayasim is Ephraim Lefnei Menashe. And therefore, Yaakov put Ephraim before Menashe. And with this, the Rebbe has um, resolved, you know, uh, the question as to why Yaakov did this, why Yosef resisted this. But the Rebbe doesn't stop here, and now it's going to take us deeper. Hasbaras ha'inin ba'oymek Yosef. Rebbe says, and now to explain this idea in greater depth. When it comes to the ascendancy and the additional greatness that a Jew is, is, uh, is conferred through his avoda in the darkness of Golos, there are a number of dimensions. There are a number of aspects that need to be understood. And the Rebbe now is going to delineate three levels as to how the Golos affects the Neshama of Ayid. Aleph. The first level is Hayerida Ma'ireres es Toikif Haneshama Shaloi Lehispoel Mechesha The first level is that the Yerida, that going down, the descent, arouses the strength of the neshama not to be affected by the darkness of the ghosts. Okay, this is a, um, an idea we're all familiar with, that opposition instigates strength. Sadly, and I'm not going to go on a rant, I promise, uh, but one of the saddest things that's happening now is that that is not what that that's not what opposition is eliciting. Instead, it's just anesthetizing people to fall into line like sheep and and not voice their true opinion. But that's not what this class is about. But generally, that that's how you strengthen your ideas. That's how you strengthen your feelings. When you come up against opposition, it allows you to crystallize what it is you really believe. And because it's specifically when there is opposition that there is aroused in the person the midas hanitzachin, the desire to be victorious. So in other words, you really don't know the depth of your feeling about something and you really don't know the depth of your thought process until it's challenged. And here the Rebbe says, and we're very familiar with these words, and like what David Melech said in Tehillim, and like the Rebbe used to sing with us, Sama lecha nafshi. I, I, my, my, my nefesh thirsts for you. Why? Because, because, because I'm in a place of, of, of drought, I'm parched. Vahalavai, and let it only be, I should be able to hold on to the intensity of my yearning and desire for you when I am actually Bakaydish, when I'm right near you. So, so that's level number one. 
The first way in which Golos uh, impacts the Neshama is that it instigates a stronger feeling. That's Aleph. Base. Now going deeper. Through a great descent, Misgala or Misere taketh Hanashama. The, the true strength of the Nishama is aroused and revealed. And what do we learn when you go down deep in Golos? She'ein boy kol hagbolos. That a neshama has no limitations. And therefore, not only can the neshama remain whole and and, and consummate and 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 uneroded by the golos el adraba, but on the contrary, the neshama can lifal asvivasay can affect its surrounding, and can even elevate its surroundings to its own level. Until the darkness of the Golas is transformed to light. So, number one, opposition generally calls forth a new level of strength. Secondly, when you're talking about the neshama, Golos allows the truth of the neshama to be manifest. And that is that a neshama has no limitations at all. And therefore, not only can it remain whole and complete and, 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 and not lose its integrity in Golos, but even more, it can transform, it can transform its, its surroundings. But the Rebbe says, but these two above mentioned attributes or um, superlative qualities that that the the Golos brings out in the Neshama, they're still all in the Neshama Mitzad Atzma. You're still talking about what is in the Neshama and is elicited through the the experience of Golos. It's only that these qualities that are always in the Neshama, but may lie hidden or dormant, are aroused and revealed Dafka through Avaida and Golos. Avo but in truth, Naisaf b'Neshama mitzad Avaidasa b'Golos inyin na'ale yoseh. But the Rebbe says, but the truth of the matter is, it's not just the above-mentioned two aspects that come to the fore through Golos, but that there is an additional dimension that the Golos does not, I'm sorry, that the Neshama does not have inherently, but is added, it's an advantage that is added to the Neshama through Golos. And this is an even higher level. And what is that, Gimel? The third thing that happens is that al yedei hafichas choyshech ha-golos la'or, the davke through transforming the darkness of the golos to light, nifal b'neshama yisrein she'ein b'amitzad atzma. The neshama is affected and gains an advantage that it never had before. 
Bidugmas, the Rebbe says, this is in the same mold as Habal Tshuva, as, as the whole process and, 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 and the person was about Tshuva. That this person has not only mitzvahs like a tzaddik, but they have zachiyas that can come only through the fact that there was dainas, that there were sins, and that these sins were transformed. The tzaddik in contradistinction cannot access this. It's just not accessible. Vav. And through this, we can understand and appreciate the difference between Menashe and Ephraim. Hain Ephraim, the Hain Menashe, Harehim Bonim Yosef. Both Ephraim and Menashe are sons of Yosef, meaning that as much as they differ, there is a quality about them that is conferred upon them from Yosef that is sheared. They both, mivatim es in yonai, both, as different as they are, they both express the Indian of Yosef. And we know that when Rachel named Yosef, she named him Yosef for two reasons. One, she said, now Hashem has gathered my shame, finally I have a child. But immediately she said, al shem Yosef Hashem li ben acher. May Hashem grant me an additional son. Dehainu, this means that Yosef is all about ha-hoisofa, about the addition, about the additional dimension, that is affected, dafke through the avoida of golos. And in the parentheses, the Rebbe, teaches us a new understanding of Yosef Hashem li ben Acher. Conventionally, this means, may Hashem grant me another son. But the Rebbe teaches, what is the Indian of Yosef? To make the Acher, the other, the Sitra Achra, a Ben, a child of Hashem. That's the whole Indian of Yosef. Yosef is, is, is the first to live in Golos. His, his, his father, his grandfather, his great-grandfather, his brothers, they all were right. Sayyid have explained that this is a, a utopian spiritual existence. But Yosef had to go into Golos. So Yosef, the whole Indian of Yosef is Yosef Hashem Li Ben Acher. To make from the Acher, to make from the Golos a Ben, a son of Hashem. But in this avoida of making from the acher a ben, there are two modalities. There's minasha. Taikif has occurred the base avi. Minasha is about the strong resolve never to forget base avi where you come from. Taikif hanishamash and is gala isal yesef So the level of minasha parallels the level of the strength of the neshama that is revealed through the Avodah Mitzrayim. The evil. Ephraim and Ephraim, Meira al Yisrena or Nimshach mina Choshech Atzmai. And Ephraim points to that third level, the additional light that is drawn down 
through the darkness itself. Hifrani Elikim, Hashem made me proliferate. Dafka be'eretz ani, dafka mitzrayim. V'chevon shayilui ha'gavoye b'yoseh hu'yisrein zeh. And because, in the final analysis, this is the greatest of all superlative qualities, the light that comes out of the darkness itself, therefore, as great as Menashe is, Ephraim is greater. Zion. But now the Rebbe says, but in accordance with this thought process, now becomes a little bit harder to understand why it's Dafka Menashe that's connected to Yosef and Ephraim to Yaakov. According to what we just said, it should have been the opposite. Menashe is based Avi. Menashe, who's all about remembering. Yosef being connected to and tethering himself to this father's house. It would seem that Menashe would in greater measure encapsulate the connection to Yaakov. The Ephraim, and Ephraim, that's all about Ephraim, Hashem allowed me to proliferate in the land of my oppression. This would seem to be more strongly the embodiment of Yosef's energy. It, it, would, it would seem to point to the additional quality that is Yosef's through his Avoida imitri. So why are we saying that Dafke Ephraim is connected to Yaakov when it would seem that he should be logically more connected to the energy of Yosef, and Menashe would be more connected to base Avi to Yaakov. So the Rebbe answers this question by saying, the Yuvon Abir will understand this. We're going to preface understanding this by first explaining the Pasuk, Va'ata, and now, Shnei Banecha Ne'ladim Lecha Be'eretz Mitzrayim, the two sons that were born to Mitzrayim, Ad Bo'yi Elecha Mitzrayimah, before I came to you, Mitzrayim, Lihem, those two belong to me. Ephraim Umanasha Kiruvim Vishimun Iuli. Deina Muvan. Rabbi says it's not uh, at first glance understood exactly what Yaakov means was saying these words. I mean, there's a lot of ink being spilled here. It's very elongated. The sons that were born to you before I came to you in Mitzrayim. So obviously, something very important is uh, is nestled in these words. And we might say, the Rebbe says, that was saying these words to Yosef. Yaakov is not just, you know, giving him information about which of his sons are going to be like the Shvatim. But something much more profound is happening here. But rather, it's the reason and the explanation. Why exactly these two sons belong to Yaakov? It's Dafka because they were born to Yosef Mitzrayim, but more before I came to you, Mitzrayim. Al Kain, therefore, Lehain. 
precisely because they were born to you in Mitzrayim, before I appeared on the scene, therefore they are mine. Bipashtos, simply speaking. And here I, 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 I feel that the Rebbe's Mamish speaking directly to us after Gimel Tamas. I guess before Gimel Tamas, maybe people could understand this as the Rebbe speaking to, to Shluchim and other Hasidim that were at a great distance from the Rebbe geographically. And now it's, it's to all of us, uh, those of us who saw the Rebbe, those of us who never saw the Rebbe, those of us who have children and grandchildren and will in Hashem have children and grandchildren in Hashem, they will, all of us will see the Rebbe very soon. But, but listen to what the Rebbe says here. The Pashto, simply speaking, why are these lihain? Why does Yaakov say that these children belong to me? Is that because Precisely because they were born and they were raised in an environment where Yaakov was not found. But still in all, they comported themselves. Their behavior was in consonance with the behavior deserving of grandchildren of Yaakov Avinu. And therefore, and therefore, Dafka, these children belong to me. It is precisely through these children that the greatest and fullest expression of Yaakov is personified and expressed. Because what's the Chachma that the grandchildren that were raised with Yaakov sitting on his lap acted a certain way? <laughs> Look what a role model they had. But it's precisely the children that never saw Yaakov that were born and lived in Mitzrayim. Born after Gimel Tams, born at a great distance. And that they act like the children of Yaakov. They act like the Rebbe's children. That, that is the greatest thing of all. Lihain. They belong to me in a completely different way than, than the other children. Ches. And now we have a deeper level of understanding as to why Yaakov put Ephraim before Menashe in, in this Indian of this blessing. Because the energy of Menashe is, is all about the indication that Yosef retained an unremitting, unbroken connection and memory of, of his father's house. So Nimsa Shemitad Aifen so this means that here it's not so much really a matzah a situation of ad boy until I came to you because if Menasha is the energy of Yosef's constant contact with his father 
then there really, it's not a, it's not a matzah, it's not a situation of ad bay, that Yaakov is not yet in Mitzrayim, because really he is in Mitzrayim. The true personification of a situation where Yaakov is not found there, he is dafka through the avoida of Ephraim. That is all about the way in which Yosef is found in a land of oppression. In a way in which his connection to Yaakov is not manifest, at least externally. And, and this parentheses here, Bechitzainius, is so important. It's so, so important because um, over and over I hear people dividing themselves between people that did see the Chabbat, people that didn't see the Chabbat. The, the, the Menashe and the Ephraim. But look, the Chabbat says that Ephraim not seeing the Rebbe, as it were, Ephraim not being in the, with the Indian of base Avi, it's only Bechitzainius. That's only the external veneer. That's only the, the visible facade. But, but the Panemius connection, Panemius connection between the Rebbe and every Hasid, no matter when they were born, and who, what they saw and didn't see, is there. The Avalpikain, and still in all, he does his avaita in a way where it's recognizable that he is the grandson of Yaakov Avinu, that this is a chassid, that this is a chassidistan. Tess. Mavor bechassidus. Now the Chabbat is going to take us uh, deeper. Explained in Hasidus, Shemidasei shel Yaakov he midas ha emes, that the mida of Yaakov is emes, hamavriach min hakatsa elakatsa, it penetrates from one end, from 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 end to end. Emes, the, the mida of emes is always about things being from aleph to tav, right? You know it's emes if it's true at the beginning, it's true at the end, it's true on the highest level, it's true on the lowest level. From the highest possible edge, as it were, until the lowest possible edge. And the way in which Yaakov Avinu penetrates, everything happens practically through Yosef. How so? Because Yaakov in and of himself, he is the level of Atzilus. And the level of Atzilus is And the level of Atzilus is higher than Bria Yitzir and Asiya. And it's only Yosef who can pull down, as it were, Yaakov's madreka, Yaakov's level, and Yaakov's energy from Atzilus and bring it down to saturate the lower levels in Asiya as well. Until this lower existence, which is the lowest possible edge. 
וזהו הטעם הפנימי, and in brackets, the Rebbe tangentially tells us, and this is the innermost understanding and reason, לכך שירידס יעקב למצרים, for why Yaakov's descent into Mitzrayim, and Mitzrayim, we know, Hasidus teaches, is about Mitzarim Mugvulim. It's all about constraints and constriction. It, it is... It is this idea of oilim is bia, because as you go down from Attilus and you descend lower and lower, uh, things have greater definition, which means that things have greater delineation and, and greater construction, greater limitation. And why did Yaakov, and how did Yaakov's coming down from Atzilus, as it were, to, to, to bia, how did this happen? Bali de Yasef. That's why Yaakov had to come to Mitzrayim through Yosef, because Yosef is the energy that can pull Yaakov's energy all the way from the highest place to the lowest, from Atilus to, to the lowest edge. The chain, okay, so this is, is, is easily understandable. It's intuitive, we understand. But now the Rebbe is going to do what he does best and, and, and ricochet us in the, in, the, in the opposite direction. So it's not just that Yosef could take Yaakov to the lowest edge because Yosef is Mitzrayim and Mitzrayim is Golos and Zbiyah. But it's also that it's only Dafke Yosef that can take Yaakov higher than he could go himself, higher than Atilas. It's only through the transformation and the transmutation of darkness to light, of the elements being transformed and elevated. It's only through Yosef Hashem Li Ben Acher. It's only through Yosef's Avaida of taking the Acher and making it a Ben that Nasa Yisrona or Minachisha. That there is a a superlative light that comes from the darkness, which is which is even higher than Atzila, which is Madregas Yaakov Mitzat Atzmai, which was the default Madrega of Yaakov in and of itself. In other words, inherent to Yaakov was Madrega of Atzilus, but only Yosef could take Yaakov even higher. And this explains and this gives us a new understanding, so many sikhs about this, how could it be that Yaakov's best years were in Mitzrayim? But that's what the Torah tells us. That's where he really lived. That was the crescendo. Because it was Davka through his descent into Mitzrayim that he reached Hishlemus perfection. Mavriach min hakotza hachi elyon el hakotza hachi tachtain. It was only through Mitzrayim, it was only through Yosef that he was able to penetrate not only to the lowest edge, but also to the highest edge, something he could not access on his own before. Yud. The cave on Shephraim and Menashem and Malim is Makamish Yosef and Minahashvatim. Now, because Ephraim and Menashe basically take the place of Yosef when it comes to counting the Shvatim, move on is understood. So if you look back in Parshas Bayeshev, we have 
uh, this pasuk that says Ela Toyldes Yaakov Yosef, and Rashi writes about this, and so much to say about why is Yosef called the Toyldes of Yaakov. But if this is true about Yosef, then it's true about Menashe and Ephraim. Hainu Hamshachas in Yone Yaakov Lemata BeEretz Mitzrayim, that they are all about bringing down the affluence of Yaakov to the low place of Eretz Mitzrayim. And in that general Yosef, they have an advantage even over Yosef. How so? Etel Yosef, when it came to Yosef, gam kefishi yarad mitzrayim meira madrekas Yaakov atzilus begiloi. Even when he went down to Mitzrayim, even when he went out, went down to the Elamas Bia, there still was illumined in him the level of Yaakov, Atzilus. And because in his Avoida was illuminated in manifest fashion, Yaakov's energy, which is really an energy that, that's from higher than Mitzrayim. It's higher from Elam it's from Atzilus. This means that to begin with, there really was no place for Mitzrayim to pose as a shroud for it to obfuscate who Yosef is and who and what his energy is and the energy of his father. On the contrary, he was the viceroy. Now, the Rebbe is explaining not just was he politically the second most important person in Mitzrayim, but spiritually, he, he reigned over the spiritual klippas of Mitzrayim because he brought with him Yaakov. He brought with him the energy of Atzilus. And the energy of Atzilus cannot be stopped by Bia. And we find And so when we understand this, we understand that when Yosef went down to Mitzrayim, he did not yet really embody the true Aveda of doing battle with the darkness of Mitzrayim, which is the lowest of low edge. Because by him, Mitzrayim did not essentially pose a challenge. The Mitzrayim that Yosef went down to, because of who Yosef was, was not oppositional. And, and we see this literally. Right? We learned this the first time we learned these psukim in, in elementary school. That for the entirety of Yosef's life, there were no evil edicts upon B'nai Yisrael. They lived like royalty. It was almost, it was like before going down to Mitzrayim. The Rakasher Mais Yasef. It's only when Yasef died, Hinekilu Aisahyam Nichnasulu Mitzrayim. It was Mamish, like the the the, the Medra says Shmais Rabbah. When he died, it was as if that day they went down to Mitzrayim. 
So their um, political or sociological reality reflected this spiritual reality that calls man that Yosef was alive. Mitzrayim wasn't this um, boogie monster that it would become. But it's only through the two sons that were born to you in Mitzrayim before I came. Meaning, they, the two, the two sons, they embody the avoida of having to grapple and do battle with the chayshech because Yaakov is not readily seen there. This is the darkness of Mitzrayim that does shroud and obscure and obfuscate and oppose Kedusha. And it's only through that Avoida that Nifelis Hashlemus to Yaakov, that the completion and the fullness of Yaakov is actually affected. That, that penetrates from the highest edge to the lowest edge. Yud Aleph. Gimel Haifanim Hanal. So these three levels, Yaakov, Shemitzat Atzmahu Lamaila Mitzrayim, the level of Yaakov that is, that is higher than Mitzrayim. And that's the level that Yasef pulled with him when he went out, when he went out to Mitzrayim. Then there's base Yosef, there's the way in which Yosef can illuminate the darkness of Mitzrayim through the effect of Yaakov that he, that he carries with him. And then there's B'nai Yosef. And then there's the children of Yosef. Who come down into the darkness of Mitzrayim. The way Mitzrayim really is. And these three levels of Aveda, Mat'imim, they, they jibe, they dovetail, Bechlolos, generally speaking, Legimel Ha'inyonim Hanal Ba'yisrin Ha'bali Dei Ha'yerita Begolos. To the three ways that the Rebbe delineated above in Se'if Hei, in the fifth part of the Sicha, as to how Golos grants the Neshama advantages. The Inyan Arishayin, the first thing that the Rebbe talked about was that the level of Yaakov, the strength of the Neshama as it is above, the Golos is not able to affect a descent in the Neshama. In fact, the Neshama is strengthened. But on this level, the neshama, because it is keeping the golos at bay, it also cannot transform the darkness of the golos. So it's a double-edged sword. Nimza. The neshama remains separate and aloof. Higher than the golos. Like Yaakov, who he is higher than, than being able to come down to Mitzrayim, as it were. Then there's the Inyan Hashemi, then there's the second. That this is like the Yosef level, 
that there's the strength that is revealed in the neshama through Golos. And on that level, on that profound level of the soul, it's not even possible for anything to oppose it. And therefore, the darkness of the Golos is also transformed into light. This is the second level. That brings down the energy of Yaakov down into Mitzrayim. The transformation of the darkness to light is effected through the revelation of Yaakov, of Atzilos Bivya, in the Elamis Bria Yitzira Sia Mitzrayim. And the additional light that emerges from the darkness, is in the main, mostly affected through the darkness of Mitzrayim, which is a place where you don't have the Hashba of Yaakov. These are Banecha, these were the children that were born to you in Mitzrayim before I came. They didn't see me. You'd base. I'll pick now. So based on everything we've learned above, Tuvan And now we're in a position to understand in a whole new way the connection between Menashe and Yosef and Ephraim and Yaakov. Me'achar shin yonay shal Menashe hu legalo yisaz hazikaroin debeis ovi va'al yidei zeharei hu mahafech hazachoshchet mitzrayim. When we understand that Menashe is all about revealing the memory of Beis Avi, of Yaakov, my father's house, and this is the way in which the choshchet mitzrayim is transformed. Harei zeh bedugmas avedas Yosef so this is clearly the Avoida of Yosef, who brings down in manifest form the energy, the um, the light and and and, and the heat, the light and the energy of Yaakov, bringing them down from Atzilus to Bia. And that is how the Chayshach of Mitzrayim is transformed. But the fulfillment and the completion of Yaakov, is dafka through the light that comes from the darkness that is affected through Ephraim. It's not through the void of Menashe, which is tethered in and anchored in the energy of Yaakov, base Avi. No, it's in the energy and the work of Ephraim, which is all about the Eretz Ani, the, the land of oppression. And the Rebbe finishes up by telling us that B'nai Yisrael Nikru al-Shem Yosef, that all of us, all of B'nai Yisrael, not just Shevet Yosef, are referred to by this appellation, Yosef. The Rebbe references words of Tehillim that we're familiar with. Noihe katsain Yosef. 
So we're all Yosef. Umizem move on, and from this we understand that we each have to embrace both of these modalities. We have to find the Menashe in us, we have to find the Ephraim. But there's an order. There's a reason why Menashe is the Bechor. First of all, our goal, our yearning has to be to be in base of Avi. To be in a situation that is higher than Golos. We have to every single day wake up and remember that that, that we're in a deep gullus, and that's not where we should be, that's not where we want to be, and we want to see the Rebbe, it's, it's all good and fine that now it's Atzmas, and then it was Giluyim, but we want the Giluyim, we want, we, we have to have this inning of Menashe, of constantly being connected to the, to the base of it. And going down into the darkness and, and the obfuscation of this world, true, in order to, to, to bring an end to the gullus, to, to, to refine the gullus, it's, it's only, we're only here because we're forced to. So, you know, like uh, people used to say that, that you know, when, when, you, when, you, when you're happy where you are in Shlichus, when you feel comfortable, it's, it's a problem. You have to feel uncomfortable. And therefore, as soon as he finishes his Shlichus, to which he was sent, through Hashgacha El Yena, orchestrated by Hashem, Rabbi says you have to run away from there as fast as possible to a place where he will be surrounded by and be able to devote himself just to Kedusha. That's on one hand. That's the Menashe. Ava Le'idach. On the other hand, all of Lodas each one of us has to know that every moment that we're found in our shlichus and golos, it's forbidden to, um, for us to be satisfied with avoid of menasha. That the only thing he's going to be doing is to be careful not to forget base avi, not to forget where he came from, and 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 in unremitting fashion to make sure that he she is not um, affected by our surroundings. It's very very important. It's crucial, but it's not enough. So um, just on, on another level. It's crucial that we should understand that, that, that this is not okay. This, this post, I'm sorry, Gimel Thomas situation is not okay. But Rebbe says, on the other hand, we can't just like wallow in this. That's not the avoida. <laughs> that, that, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. It has to be hifrani. Avoida zuhi hachana l'taklas hamechuvan. 
because the avoid of Menashe is just the hachana. It's just the preparation for the intention, for the, for the main event, as it were, to, to, the, to the main goal that was intended, which is that Davka in our land of oppression, Davka in these difficult moments should be the Hifrani. We should grow, we should bloom, we should proliferate. To illuminate the darkness of the Golos with the light, with the, with the candle of mitzvah and the light of Torah. Until we transform the darkness of the Golos to light, and we will then see the fruition of the words in Tehillim that the night will be illuminated as day. And if you look at the footnote, Chepa says, what does it mean in Tehillim Kuflamites Yudbeis? Laila Kayyem Yoyer? Bahainu, this means Shahachoshech Yoyer Mitzad Atzmai. That the darkness itself, the darkness itself will shed light. Um, so, Mitzashem, we should, we should see that very, very, very soon. Today would be perfect, like now. Wishing you a wonderful day and a wonderful week till we um, come together again. Koltov. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, Karen.